Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features a special Mother's Day episode of the Red Skelton Show. It first aired on May 6, 1949. From Holly with the Red Skelton Program, brought to you by Tide. Procter & Gamble's amazing new discovery for your whole family wash. Yes, it's the Red Scouting Program with David Rose and his orchestra, the Four Knights, Verna Fountain, Lorene Tuttle, Pat McGeehan, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. Sunday is Mother's Day, and we all find ourselves with the problem of what we can do to show Mom, the gal, our best gal, or shall we say Mother, that we love her. Well, it is a problem. So let's see how Red Skelton, MGM's favorite comedian, Dr. Gamble's clown, handles the Mother Day situation. Wake up. I'm awake. I'm awake. I just got long eyelids is all. <laughs> Must have fallen asleep here in the hammock. I guess you did fall asleep. <laughs> Never snore like that when you're awake. Yeah. You shouldn't fall asleep in the sun. Look how burned you are. Huh? My, I ain't seen your face so red since you read the Kinsey report. <laughs> is my face red? Take a look. Oh. Well, I'm not too sunburned. <laughs> You should have seen me last summer. I went down to the beach. Don't look for it. I went down to the beach and I got so sunburned that a lobster walked up and he said, Sam, where you been? (laughs) You know what time it is? No, I don't even know where it is here either. Well, one o'clock. Any calls? Yeah, the Biltmore Florist called. Yeah? Do you want to send your mother flowers on Sunday? What for? It's Mother's Day. Oh, I forgot. No, I don't think I'm going to send her flowers this year. I'm going to give her something that's really worthwhile. Well, i got to get upstairs and make the bed. Yeah, well, do me a favor. Today, run your hand over the mattress first. Yesterday, you made up the bed and I was still in it. You better get in the house. What's the matter? Mrs. Pussy, that grumpy old next-door neighbor just came out. Oh, yeah, the oomp girl of Bull Run. <laughs> Maybe I can sneak into the kitchen without her seeing me. Mr. Skelton, I see you. What? In fact, I see you constantly. If you must sleep all day, you have to do it in the backyard. You're lousing up the landscape. <laughs> but Mrs. Pussy... I have a complaint about you, Mrs. Skelton. No. You always try to figure a way to invade my premises, don't you? Oh, I... Yesterday you sprayed your rose bushes, and the bugs flew over and died in my backyard. <laughs> well, how do you know they were my bugs? Because they had the same stupid expression on their face. <laughs> and another thing. You had your television set on last night and left all your blinds up. Yeah. And I got so carried away watching the wrestling matches that I nearly strangled my husband. <laughs> Mr. Skelton, I don't have to take that kind of talk from you. 
Well, look, uh, I've got to go in now. I have to get my mother a Mother's Day present. <laughs> now you're trying to tell me you had a mother. <laughs> yes. Oh, if I only could have spoken to her 40 years ago. Well, I'm only 35. I don't care. I'd be glad to spend five years talking her out of it. <laughs> What do you mean, she had me? That's a pretty weak excuse if I ever <laughs> But look... I've had headaches, sore throat, wisdom teeth, but you're the first pain in the neck that I haven't been able to get rid of. Oh, oh, mouth reminds me of a hamburger joint open 24 hours a day. <laughs> hey, Daisy June, go see who's at the door. Oh, all right. Hmm. Hello, Daisy June. It's Rod O'Connor. Well, why didn't you let him in? You just said, see who it is. <laughs> so I see. Yeah, well, see the thing. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can find some brains to bring to work with you tomorrow. <laughs> Hi, Rod. Yeah. What's up? Say, did you hear that Hollywood racetrack burned down? Yeah, yeah. It's going to put about 30 people, 30,000 people homeless now. <laughs> you know, they think it's a case of arson. Well, bring it over. I drink anything. <laughs> yeah, I understand that Joe Frisco threw away a hot tip. <laughs> I'm sorry Daisy June didn't let you in there. She thought you were a salesman. Oh, I am. I sell Tide. Well, you from door to door? Well, sure. I want Tide in every home. Yeah, well, when television gets in, boy, then it'll be in every home. You mean the TV will eventually replace radio? Yeah, you know, they got radio now where you hear the people, see? Now they got television where you can see them. They come out next with an invention where you can you can uh, actually feel the people, you know? <laughs> can you imagine me and you doing some pretty bum joke, you know? <laughs> Why beat around the bush? We do some rotten joke. Don't beat around the bush. Somebody reaches in and says, grab that guy, will you? Well, it's hardly worth thinking about. Yeah. Milton Berle will probably broadcast in an armored suit. Well, do you think Milton Berle will still be around by then? Oh, sure. He's a very young man. He's not old. Just his material makes it appear that way. <laughs> Well, you can let me stand here on the porch all day, or can I just walk in, Big Red? Well, I don't know. Is the door wide enough, Big Blow? <laughs> now, don't start that Big Red stuff around here. Come on in. Come on in. Well, I can only stay a minute. I just wanted to hear a new number written by David Rose and sung by the Four Knights and Old Texas Dead Eye. Uh, does this machine of yours work? It's about the only thing around here that does work. The rest of things are relative. Tell about a couple down in San Antonio He rode his gal in Dallas, he was sad and lone So he made a date for half past eight And when he flew by jet, he couldn't wait Broke the date and he ain't got there yet Oh, Texas is so big So God shall get out 
day. Your next door neighbor lives to say at least 600 miles away. Texas is so big. They tell about a rancher near the Rio Grande. He raised the finest sheep and cattle in the land. But he kept his chickens cooped up on some ground he had to spare. A spot of land bigger than the state of Delaware. Oh! Texas is so big, so that shall get out big. So big, in fact, that don't forget is where the sun don't ever set. Texas is so big. Whoa, boy, whoa! Yes, sir, I'm from Texas. Down there we got nothing but miles and miles of nothing but miles and miles. We got anything you want. If you don't see it. Just ask for it. If we ain't got it, you didn't need it no how. <laughs> to prove the point, I'll make it more conclusively. Just look at any map in your geography. That's Texas in the center, and us Texans point with pride to them 47 little states you see on every side. Oh, Texas is so big. Oh, I shall get out big. Enjoyed every hour of that. <laughs> so that's what happened to old dirty uh, Dead Eye, huh? Well, he's not dirty anymore because he's heard about. Tide is dirt. Oh, Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. Any soap? Yes, any soap. As a matter of fact, Tide not only gets clothes cleaner than any soap, but cleaner than any other suds, cleaner than any other washing product known. Tide gets clothes cleaner than all of them. T I D E Tide. Yes, Tide promises to wash your clothes cleaner than any other product that's known today. For Procter & Gamble's Tide not only leaves clothes free from dirt, it removes dingy soap film, too. Yet with all this amazing cleaning power, Tide is truly safe for all your washable colors. In fact, those colors actually brighten up when Tide sweeps away dulling soap film. As for sheets, towels, and shirts, in hardest water, Tide gets them whiter than any other washing product known. Tide keeps them white, too, week after week. Never turns them yellow. So try Tide. Treat your whole family wash to Wash Day's most amazing performance. No soap, no other suds, no other washing product known will get your clothes as clean as Tide. So that what happened to old dirty dead eye, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, say, I was in Texas last Tuesday with my other show, you know. Oh? And your new picture, uh, Neptune's Daughter, is running there. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I understand that it's the first time in a long time there's been more corn on the screen than in the lobby. <laughs> hey, uh, may maybe I could have the studio to run that picture for my mother on Sunday. Mm -hmm. How would you and Sylvia like to come over for dinner, you know, Sunday's Mother's Day? Well, I'm not a mother. <laughs> Well, just keep breathing. Somebody will figure out what you are, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what is... You have to think fast around here when they throw stuff at you. They ain't here, you know. Well, 
why do you want me to come over for dinner? So I can tie up the dishes? Oh, don't be silly. I'll use paper plates. Hmm? And you can help me with them later. I'll stack and you erase. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'd like to fix dinner with, with my own hands, you know. Oh, but Mr. Hey, who's that? David Rose. I bet you a dollar. Come on in, Dave. Hi, fellas. Well, wait till you get in the door, will you? <laughs> to be fast around here, but not that fast. <laughs> Hi, David. How's Betty? Uh, how did you get off your leash today, anyway? Oh, I've been out trying to buy a Mother's Day present for Betty. But it sure is difficult. Really? Yeah, you're buying her a present? Well, she's not a mother. That's what makes it so difficult. <laughs> Boy, women are sure hard to understand. Can we quote you on that? Well, what happened? Did you and Betty have a quarrel? Oh, no. Everything's just swell. Mm-hmm. We're just not speaking. <laughs> well, there's a brilliant line in it. <laughs> What's Ma- Betty uh, mad about? Oh, she's not mad. Just peeved. Oh. Last night I came in, I found her knitting some little booties. Oh. And when I asked her what it was all about, she said, it looks like we're going to have the pattern of little feet around the house. No kidding. So I started setting the mouse traps. <laughs> Would you mind letting me see what I'm going to do here? <laughs> you mean, you mean that you're going to be a father? I don't know. Is it in my contract? <laughs> I agree with Betty. I'm not speaking to you anymore either. Well, I'd better get home. Betty might be worried. Oh, well, why don't you just call her up and tell her where you are? Okay, it's worth a try. Okay. Now, let's see. What's our number? Oh, yeah. Curtain stops this call. <laughs> Can you play holiday for strings on that thing? <laughs> think with a number that long, instead of dialing, you could just run over the house and ask her in person. Uh, hello, hello, honey. This is Big Dave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honey, I'm over at Red's house and he wants me to hang around for a while. Do you mind? Oh, swell. Goodbye, honey. Well. She said I could stay for three more minutes. Well, you better figure out how you're going to handle all that time on your hands now. Well, I can't hang around all day. I got to get going. You want to go with me, Red? No, I got to think up something special for my mother. Okay, I'll see you later. I got to go down and see a guy who owes me some money. Come on, David, walk downtown with me. Okay. I'll see you guys later. Let's try to get my mother now. David Rose and his Tide Orchestra will play a medley from Oklahoma.
You know, the man who said woman's work is never done must have meant dishwashing. Every few hours is a pile of dishes waiting to be done. Luckily, the doing's a lot easier and pleasanter than it used to be because Tide's here. And Procter & Gamble's Tide washes dishes cleaner than any soap made. Tide cuts grease better than any soap, too. Tide leaves no scum in the water, no greasy ring round the pan. Best of all, Tide does away with cloudy film on dishes and glasses. With Tide, they rinse and dry, clear and glistening, even if you don't wipe them. And you know how important suds are in dishwashing. Well, those Tide suds come frothing up instantly, and they last amazingly, even in hardest water. As for kindness to your hands, Tide suds have that too. In fact, Tide's got everything it takes to make dishwashing easier and pleasanter than you ever dreamed it could be. Just try Tide and see. So that's what happened to old Dirty Deadeye. <laughs> hey, Dave, uh, this is where that guy is who owes me $20. Let's stop in and have a Coke. No, I gotta get. My three minutes are up. <laughs> well, if it isn't Rod O'Connor. Yeah, have you seen Willie Lump Lump? Ain't that him over there? Yeah, I didn't recognize him standing up. Uh, hiya, Willie. Get your hands off of me. I said, get your hands off of me. I'm not touching you. Oh, those are my hands. I stand here with my hands folded. I, I thought they looked kind of familiar uh, now. Well, you better lay off that stuff, Willie. Yeah, oh, it's getting a little embarrassing, you mm -hmm. know. Gotta lay off of that stuff. Yeah. Getting so now they put a glass of beer in front of you and you look at it and all of a sudden you realize it he's got a better head on it than you got. <laughs> I'll bet you a dollar that that would have got a bigger laugh than what was written. With. Say, uh, I've been looking for you. What about that twenty bucks you owe me? Oh, don't worry about it. There's other things to worry about. <laughs> Hollywood Park is gone. <laughs> don't you worry about it. There's no use for both of us to worry. <laughs> Maybe I could do a little work for you to work out. I mean, I could be your valet or something. Huh? A good valet. Yeah. Now, what do I need with a valet? When you get I said, what do I need with a valet? I heard you and was going to answer you. <laughs> You should have one. You're getting a little big for your mother's address here. Say, that reminds me. What are you giving your mother for Mother's Day? My shirt's the wash. <laughs> what are you giving your mother? Well, nothing. You see, when I was five years old, I was left an orphan. You were left an orphan? Mm -hmm. What was it, a boy or a girl? <laughs> you know, it sure is nice that uh, we set aside one day to pay tribute to mothers. Yeah, Mother's Day. That's... The day when you borrow a buck from Mom to buy her a box of your favorite candy. <laughs> what a racket, what a racket they got now, boy. They're going to give Mother a day, see? What day do they pick? Sunday. The day she was going to rest up anyhow. <laughs> yeah, you know, and Mother kind of wished that sweet stuff would last all year. Yeah, Mother's Day. That's when you walk in and you say, How did I ever pick such a wonderful mother? And the old man says, What are you talking about? <laughs> I picked her out. You just came along with the deal. 
<laughs> no, Willie, I was just thinking, you know, mother love is a funny thing. You're right there, boy. There ain't another kind of love like that in the whole world. You can trust mom with secrets that you wouldn't dare tell anyone else. Well, you're sure right there. Yeah, I'm right Did you know <laughs> that my mother and me are the only two people in the world who know the size of my underwear? <laughs> You know, really, every day should be Mother's Day. You know that? That, that was reminding me of reiterating that again. I said every day should be Mother's Day. Every day is Mother's Day. I remember when I went to school to a little play they had there, mm -hmm. and there was a little boy that told a story about the whole thing. I can hear the little kid now doing something like this. He was just... It's 6.30 in the morning, and the widow family is asleep. Brother A has his bed, sister is in her bed, Papa's right at middle across the double bed, and Mom, she's hanging on the side of the bed. She don't want to disturb Pop, see? Who's got the softest pillow? Sister. Who got the best mattress? Brother. Who got all the covers? Pop. Who's freezing to death? You guessed it, Mom. <laughs> but she don't mind. Her heart's warm. It's so warm that she wished she could take it out and put it on her toes because they're like icicles. <laughs> and suddenly the alarm clock goes off. Now, does Pop get up and shut it off? You bet you sweet lie he don't. That 200 pounds of solid flab just lays there. And does Brother say, I'll get it, Mom. You stay in bed and I will fix you breakfast. But then a pig eye he do. Does Sister say something? No. So poor old Mom gets up and she sets off the alarm clock and as cheerful as spring itself, she says, How's my happy little brood this morning? The brood ain't in the mood. <laughs> now her day starts. First thing she has to do is to get the widow brood up, see? Now, do they get right up? Don't make me laugh. Mom has to trick them into it, and first it's with Pop. Dad, you're going to be late to work. The clock is 15 minutes slow. I set it back last night. Yeah, I know, so I set it up again. Call me in 15 minutes. Now, next is sister. Let's see what mom has to do to get her. Sister, you want it on the phone? Oh, it's that old Warren Baker, I'll bet. Oh, mom, where's my robe? I can't talk to him without my robe. Why? Has he got television eyes? <laughs> up now, up. Mom, I haven't got any stockings. Can I borrow the pair I gave you for your birthday? But dear, I was saving those for a special occasion. But they won't fit you. They're my size. <laughs> okay, take them. Only hurry and get dressed. Now comes the brother. Every morning, it's the same thing with him. Mom has to pull the covers off of him, smack him a couple of times across the face, and then throw ice water on him. <laughs> All right, lazy bones, get up. Breakfast is ready. Oh, what I'm so tired. Oh, now come on, get up. Oh, Mom, let me sleep. I'm a growing boy. Okay, you asked for it. This is just in case you get thirsty. Oh, Mom, no, no, not the ice water. <laughs> I fooled you. I got my raincoat on. <laughs> now comes Mom's real worry. Breakfast. Everybody wants something different. Pop drinks coffee. Brother drinks milk. Sister wants hot chocolate. And what does Mom drink? What's left? Your brother likes bacon and eggs. Pop wants waffles. Sister wants French toast. And lucky for them, Mom likes work. <laughs> and she sits at the table and she looks lovingly at Pop. And Pop looks lovingly at his newspaper. <laughs> Good morning, Father. Wonderful day, isn't it? It stinks. 
I spent half the night doping out a horse that could run on a muddy track and look. Now, you'd think the whole family would eat together, wouldn't you? And you, <laughs> don't make me laugh. Does Congress make it easier for the taxpayers? <laughs> they do not. <laughs> this is the way it works. Pop sits down, Mom gets up, brother comes in, Mom sits down, and Pop leaves. Sis comes in, Mom gets up, and then brother leaves. Mom sits down, and sister leaves. Mom gets up, Mom sits down, Mom don't get nothing to eat, and nothing left. But Mom never complains. She thinks she's got the most wonderful widow family in the whole world. It's those parting words that they give her every morning. They keep her going. Uh, don't forget to sew those buttons on my shirt. And rinse those holes out for me, huh, Mom? How about a buck for lunch, Mom? Now, to you and me, this sounds kind of rough, but Mom don't mind. It's those long goodbye kisses that make up for their demands. Well, I gotta go, Mom. Bye. Mister by five inches. <laughs> now she's all alone. The house is quiet. There's nothing left for Mom but the soothing sounds of the vacuum cleaner and the wash machine. So she turns on the radio for a little diversion, only to find out that John's other wife is out with young Dr. Malone. <laughs> Goodness, he even has to tune in on trouble. Now for the rest of the day. It's cleaning, it's cooking, it's shopping, it's crimping, it's scraping, it's saving, it's mopping, it's hurry, it's worry, it's mom. Now it's time for the gluttons to come in and crack up the floor if he gets scrubbed. So mom figures she'll sit down and rest just for a couple of minutes, and then pop, he come in like a cyclone with a five o'clock shadow. And he tiptoe over her, and he bends over, and he says to her, I wish I had it easy as you. <laughs> and then sister comes in with her happy little greeting. Now, after dinner, it's the dishes. After the dishes, it's the homework with the kids. Then after the kids, Mom says, How about a movie, Father? There's a Clark Gable movie at the Bijou. But the stale breadwinner is asleep. But she just smiles and she says, Oh, well, Clark Gable hadn't got a snore like that. <laughs> and after a while, everyone's in bed except, Who do you think? But now this is the time for mom to do the sewing and the mending. Now it's after midnight. She go upstairs. She opens the window. She puts out the cat and he, she locks the door. And then she picks up their widow clothes. And she pulls the covers up over her happy little bruise. I call it they even kick in their sleep. But they're all safe. And they're in one place. And she smiles and a tear comes to her eyes. And she looks forward for a tomorrow that will be just like yesterday. She's sleepy too. But she walks around to each bed and she plants a kiss on each widow face. Not that quick stuff, but a real mother's kiss. And you know, she got more reason to beef than all of them put together. But for some reason, she's happy. Figured out something special to give your mother this Mother's yes, Day? Yes, I have, Rod. What? A little more consideration the other 364 days of the year. Thanks for being with us tonight, so until next Friday... This is Red Skelton saying goodbye now. Thanks for listening and thanks for buying more and more of that Watch Day Miracle Tide. Tide's in. Dirt's out. Tide gets closer than any soap. T-I-D-E. Tide. Oh.
This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. So, who's ready for pantomime? On the radio! Red Skelton was a clown. His father was a clown, and who knows, maybe he comes from a long line of clowns. Red started in showbiz at an early age, and I use the term showbiz loosely here. He took the road of hard, no hard knocks to stardom. When he was 10, he joined a traveling medicine show. He then moved up to vaudeville, moved to New York to make it big, except New York didn't like him. He married Edna Stilwell, who also did not like his act, although rather than canceling on him, she decided to write his material. They later divorced, but she remained his writer. After being unceremoniously rejected by the Big Apple, the Skeltons went into the entertainment hinterlands. I mean that literally, he went to Canada. In Montreal, he perfected his act and Edna fine-tuned his material. Red hit his groove in the 1930s and started to get gigs on various radio programs. He got a big break when he appeared in Ginger Rogers' film Having a Wonderful Time. Back in the States, NBC took a chance and gave him his own show in 1941. The gamble paid off big. The Red Skelton show was an instant success, up there with Jack Benny and Fibber McGee and Molly. Skelton was voted the outstanding new radio star of 1941. Red Skelton was a physical actor based on his clown upbringing, but obviously he had to rework his act for radio. He did this by introducing many, many new characters that could work in an audio environment. His most famous included Junior, the mean whittle kid, Clem, the singing cab driver, and Deadeye, the fastest gun in the West. There was a tie between the Red Skelton show and the Ozzie and Harriet show. Red used Ozzie Nelson's band and Harriet Hilliard, who's the Harriet in Ozzie and Harriet, became a regular on Red's show. She played Junior's mother and other roles. Skelton was drafted into the Army in 1944 and didn't return until after the war in December of 1945. By that point, Ozzie and Harriet was a big radio sensation and Red had to replace his music and the roles played by Harriet. His revamping worked and the show picked up right where it left off. When television replaced radio, Skelton was lucky, or skilled enough, in that he fell back on his visual humor and entertained another generation. His career spanned medicine shows, vaudeville, burlesque, showboats, minstrel, radio, television, movies, and Vegas. Wherever there was an audience, Red would make him laugh. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>